2: Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. TJ Inman will be along with us shortly. Today we are breaking down Indiana's 35-21 loss to Michigan State and previewing Indiana's next game against Rutgers on Saturday at noon in Piscataway. Uh, Indiana is three and one uh, heading into the Rutgers game after the loss on Saturday that was certainly disappointing. We'll take a look at why that loss is such so disappointing, why that loss really in the grand scheme of things is not that big of a deal, and what we have to look forward to as Indiana travels to Rutgers. And now we welcome in TJ Inman. TJ, how are you on this drizzly, rainy evening in Indianapolis?
1: Yeah, doing all right. Uh, obviously, uh, looking forward to uh, turning the page to another week. I know it was a... Uh, just a very frustrating game, but overall, you, you just left feeling a bit uh, empty. Um, you know, it, it was uh, a really good opportunity, and I, I know we're going to have some uh, talking points surrounding that, and I just I want to point out that, um, you know, it's okay to feel disappointed about uh, Saturday night and, and be frustrated about the loss to Michigan State and about uh, some of the things that transpired. Um, I know I definitely am both of those things. Um, It's okay to feel those things and also point out uh, the larger narrative, as you mentioned, uh, the larger narrative of the season um, and the opportunities Indiana still has laying in front of it. Um, The loss to Michigan State, while it was an opportunity missed, um, you know, I I will continue to believe that IU – um, by and large was uh, equal to Michigan State with the exception of a couple of things. Um, you know, So it was a missed opportunity. It's very true. That being said, uh, losing that game does not take any of the goals off the table for the Hoosiers. Uh, so it's okay to be frustrated and disappointed, um, you know, and have some definite negatives to take from that game. And still also recognize uh the overall positive, um four game start the have had,
2: yeah and you know I thought Indiana was going into that game playing with house money a little bit, uh and you know they weren't blown off the field by Michigan state now uh, you could definitely tell the difference in in quarterback play and and at other positions, but you know, when, when the defense is playing, uh, you know, nine yards off the ball all night, it's very hard to to run or get anything going. And, and I think you'll see, hopefully they open up the offense. I, I think it's more of a uh, limitations of who you have back there throwing the ball. You know, that's the disappointing part, What that their receiver, receivers, our, uh, our Indians receivers aren't, as good as Michigan State's, or you know, their defensive shutting them down all night. Uh, it, it was more of Indiana looked kind of scared to throw the ball downfield after that, that throw, to Reese Taylor that they missed, and Michigan State did not respect that the threat of deep ball at all all night, which made it uh, impossible to to get any semblance of a run game going. And I, I was personally shocked that we did not see Michael Penix. Uh, play that game. The comments uh, by Tom Allen today at his press conference lead me to believe that they're going to try and redshirt him. And if he does not play this week at Rutgers, that's 100% the plan. And I think that's 100% the wrong plan uh, to do is to get uh, to, to try. You're worrying about 2021 uh, when Tom Allen and staff need to worry about 2018 and, and getting six wins. Now, they they Kings 6 wins with Peyton Ramsey. Uh, if they go into records this weekend and win, uh, then you, you're heading to Ohio State 4-1 and, and and probably heading, most likely heading into homecoming at 4-2, and two, uh, which against Iowa you're, you're sitting pretty. Uh, and some other teams in the Big Ten uh, are dealing with some injury issues uh, later in the season that could creep up and, and hurt them and give IU a better chance at, at winning those games. But to me, this game going 4-0 is just going to be an added bonus. It's kind of a lazy take to say it's the same old Hoosiers and they blew an opportunity and all that stuff. While it was a a missed opportunity, uh, people are missing the forest for the trees uh, to to just go after that old uh, lazy narrative. Uh, Again, it was, it was a missed opportunity, but you know, you go into the season thinking maybe you could win one of the four of those uh, big four and, and go from there. So, Indiana still has all their goals, uh, all their goals to play for ahead of them. And, and going into Rutgers this week, I use, a, I believe, it's a 17-point favorite on the road, which is a historic sp- uh, point spread for the Hoosiers in conference play going on the road. So, we'll see how they bounce back. But... You know, I thought the defense against Michigan State was good enough uh, outside of that, you know, the one bust, which when you're playing with third-string hockey, it's going to be bound to happen. And and we'll see where they go from there. You can't throw pick sixes against teams like that. Uh, You can't allow fake field goals that go for touchdowns uh, and and things like that. That's 14 points right there, a third and 17, which they got 16 yards on convert to fourth and one that's another seven points so it's not iu's not that far off they weren't physically off the field where you go well they're just you know they don't belong in the same field at michigan state that's just simply not true uh it's, and and we'll mm-hmm. see where we we go from there at, at rutgers so previewing this week tj unless you have any more uh Greg, oh one more gripe. Big Ten officials are absolutely laughably awful. Oh, uh, oh <laughs> they are so bad, and it's it's not only IU; it's all the the perceived underdog teams in the conference uh, get consistently uh, bad calls to go against them when they're playing these these ranked teams. And um, I, I sat in the stands for a little bit of the, the Michigan State game uh, with some friends of mine when when the camera broke, but. You know, it, it, when bringing up corruption and money calls and all that stuff, when, when it seems like that is a realistic possibility um, and, and not just a joke, it, it, that says it all that needs to be said about Big Ten officiating. I, I thought that uh, the targeting on Marcelino Ball, if that if that wasn't targeting against Peyton Ramsey earlier in the game, then yep. you, you can't call that. I, I get the rule. I don't mind the rule. Uh, it's the enforcement of the rule that it's so uh, inconsistent, and uh, the fact that it it went against IU is just just seems like you know, God forbid, Michigan State loses two games in a row, and, and they don't get you know a, a high rating when they play Michigan or Ohio State. That's what it, it seems like. There's also the pass interference call, a missed offensive pass interference call that led to another touchdown. Yep. It's you know it, the list goes on, and we could do a, a whole series of podcasts on on calls like against uh, some of these uh, lower tier teams in the Big Ten. Uh it's, it's not just Indiana; it's not us being bitter. It's it, they they have to be better. It's a billion dollar industry. You have, I, I get that they're trying hard and, and things like that, but you know, pay these guys a livable wage so they don't have to work four jobs. They're not overtired. They know the rules. They can enforce the rules. Uh, they don't have to work high school games and you know four games a week and things like that. Pay them a livable wage. Pay them full time salaries. Get them the training that they need to get the goddamn calls right on the field because it's getting annoying. And it's it's getting embarrassing uh, for the Big Ten. Yep. So that's my spiel on the on the officials. Let's move over to Rutgers.
1: Yeah, um, I, do, I do have. In. Yeah, I do have a couple of things to say about. I mean, I I concur and uh, echo your thoughts on the officials. Uh, and what's what's incredibly sad um, is that it's a hundred percent it is not a surprise when those things happen. It's not like a, Oh, I can't believe it. No, we can a hundred percent believe it. We are expecting it to happen. And it, it's, it has to be so incredibly frustrating for the coaches, uh, you know, whose livelihoods depend on the outcomes of these games that, that what can they do? You know, if they go uh, publicly criticize the officials in any way, shape or form in a press conference, um, you know, they're paying with their pocketbooks. And it's just a um, – it, it's a shame that – that uh, it, look, Michigan State deserved to win that game. They made a couple of big plays that Indiana did not. That didn't – I'm not uh, blaming the officiating for the outcome of that game. Um, no, no,
2: absolutely not. It's just I mean, annoying the, to watch yeah, the them blow calls, low calls over out. and over and over again.
1: How, how many how many pick plays uh, get called on a on a weekly basis? And Indiana has an offensive touchdown taken back again the second time this year due to an offensive pass interference on a pick play. Um, I mean, clearly that's something Indiana uh, they they can't run that play again. They just can't because it's pretty clear that look was it offensive pass interference. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that, that play gets run by every team in the country and I, I just refuse to believe that Indiana is that much worse at running it than anyone else. or that Donovan Hale uh, is that much, you know, is egregious in his pick, if you will. I I refuse to believe that. Uh, The pass interference on Raheem Lane was awful, completely terrible. Now Indiana got the ball shortly after that, maybe even the next play, uh, and call that and you know, it, karmic and justice and if you want sense? to. Yeah, yeah, call it karmic justice if you want to, but uh, that was a terrible call. And the officials don't know that use going to end up with the ball anyway. They don't know that. Uh, it was fortunate that it worked out that way. Um, but, you know, we'll move on from that. Like you said, there's no reason to, to get on here. And um, I mean, look, I have plenty of bitterness towards the officials to go around, but uh, we'll move on. Um, I saw a couple of different... Um, places that said, oh, you know, thank goodness L.J. Scott didn't play. Well, no, that's that's not true. L.J. Scott's unavail- or unavailability had absolutely nothing to do with that game. Uh, he wouldn't have helped their running game. He's played in their two games previously. He's played for three seasons previously. L.J. Scott is just not that good. Uh, Hayward, I think, is at the very worst equal as a player to L.J. Scott. Uh, I don't think it had any impact on the game. Uh, so I don't think him playing would have made a difference one way or the other. Um, and then the final point I'd like to make, uh, you know, credit to Michigan State defensive front because uh, they, they really controlled that game. I thought I used defensive front, had a nice game as well. Uh, and I thought the Hoosiers did a good job of generating pressure on Milwaukee, Uh And also, you know, you um, know, blowing up uh, the running game for Michigan State for the most part. Uh, But Michigan State's defensive line and their linebackers were uh, really the standouts of that contest. Um, Kudos to them. They dominated IU's offensive line, and uh, it it really um, showed why they are one of the better defenses in the country. Uh, And then also a credit and a shout-out to Wap Fillier, who – Despite not being 100% for the second half of that contest, uh, you know, Wap Fillier had a really nice game, and it was good to see him get that involved. Now, Indiana's got to find a way to get their bigger receivers, Nick Westbrook and and Donovan Hale, and then Luke Timian, who didn't play, plus the tight ends. Uh, You know, IU's got some really big targets that just are not being utilized, and I think part of that is Peyton Ramsey's limitation to get the ball down the field. Um, and part of it was that the Hoosiers game plan was to get the ball to WAP uh, and then to Jay Sean Harris as well. Some um, uh, on the outside for quick hitters, which helps your offensive line some for sure by getting the ball out quickly. Uh, and, and you saw WAP failure being very successful. So it made sense to keep beating him, but uh You know, just a really good night for him, and it's good to see him uh, continuing to progress as a star in the making. So we'll move on to Rutgers now, and um, yeah, as you mentioned, a game that IU, uh, you know, by the time it kicks off, who knows where the line will be, Uh, but it's going to be somewhere around 17, which really is unheard of for a uh, Indiana being on the road in the Big Ten. Rutgers is bottoming out uh, as we speak, and. If you're Indiana, the last thing you want to do is give them reason for optimism. Um, you've got to set the tone early, be focused, and go in and take care of business. Get them down, and they have given no indication that they're willing to fight back. Uh, they beat Texas State in the opener, 35 to 7. Since then, you know, 53 or 52 to 3 to Ohio State. Well, that's expected. No surprise there. Uh, but then they go on the road to Kansas and lose by 39 points. Uh, I'm sorry, with it 41? Make a good math there, 41 points. Um, then they lose at home to Buffalo, who is a uh, I think pretty solid MAC team. Um, I think if they played Ball State, perhaps uh, you'd see. I think Buffalo is probably slightly better than Ball State uh, right now, but you know, fairly comparable and they lost to Buffalo 13-42 to 42 at home. So it's really bottoming out, and there's nothing that they do looking at their statistical profile or watching any of their games, nothing they do that particularly worries you as an opponent. Uh, they've got some solid players. Raheem Blackshire is a running back averaging 4.8 yards a carry. Uh, their top receiving target right now is their senior tight end, Jerome Washington. He's a capable He's a player, but player. none of their yeah, none of their none of their receivers are uh, standing out as kind of scary. I mean, Bo Melton is probably the best of the bunch, but uh, I, personally, I don't see any of their receivers as kind of being in the top three or four of Indiana's group. Um, now, that's hard to judge because the quarterback play has been bad. Uh, I mean, look. We can complain about Peyton Ramsey as IU fans uh, and his lack of uh, arm strength to get the ball down the field or on some of those out routes. Uh, But, I mean, Peyton Ramsey is, so far this season, is light years ahead of what Rutgers has put on the field. Uh, Art Sikowski is a freshman that, um, you know, he's being forced into action, and they hope that it benefits him down the road, but he's not ready for it. He's just not seven picks to, to one touchdown. Uh, he's hovering around 50% completion rate. Uh, Giovanni Rossino is a senior that, you know, we know what he is. He's, again, just about a 50% passer. Fewer turnovers, but, I mean, nothing uh, all nothing that positive. that puts positive, the, really. the fear of so, into you. No, no. But, it's, it, um, I, I just, offensively, there's not a lot that they bring to the table that should worry Indiana. This should be a very good performance for this defense. The biggest concern uh, would be that uh, Marcelino Ball is, um, you know, suspended for the first half of the game. Jacob Robinson, again, week to week. He got hurt before the Michigan State game and was unable to go. It doesn't sound like he'll go this week either. When you say week to week, I, I would guess he won't go. Um, and you probably hope to have him back for Iowa uh, at 100%. Um, yeah. so I think Cam Jones questionable um, after the getting injured on his interception, you know, you you got some concerns at Husky, um, but you know, Rutgers is averaging just shy of 17 points a game. Uh, and they played Kansas, Texas state and Buffalo included in their game against Ohio state. So coming out of that four with just under 17 a game, that's uh, that's pretty inept, and it, it continues a trend of Chris Ash's entire tenure. They have not been good on offense under him at all. Uh, now, what's surprising is how bad their defense has been the past couple weeks. Um, you know, giving up plus 50 to Kansas and plus 40 to Buffalo, I mean, I, I didn't see that coming. I thought their defense would be better than what it has been.
2: Um, yeah, their, so their strength of their their strength of their defense is in the secondary with Isaiah Wharton, Saquon right. and, uh Damon Hayes, Hayes, and Avery Young. But if you're not getting pressure on the quarterback, not getting tackles for loss, you could have the best secondary in the country out there, and it's not going to help, uh, help anyway. So they don't really get pressure on the quarterback. They're starting a guy at defensive end who's 246 pounds as a sophomore. Um, this is just a, it's a game that – I think this is a more important game for IU than the Michigan State game was. Uh, Whether you won or lost against Michigan State, this is how you judge where IU is. Is this the IU team that goes in there, didn't know how to handle success and and lays an egg? Um, Or is is this the IU team who, who now lost a disheartening game against Michigan State they take a hat to get back going and let Rutgers hang around and and you know Rutgers jumped up it got they got pretty last year they had two Big Ten ends yep. uh, and things like that there so or do you shake off that loss go in there take care of business blow this team out head to Ohio State on a high note uh, and end your September with four wins which if you could get at September four wins you're in business and uh you know if you go in lose to the Rutgers team, you're back to being you know everybody says it's same old Indiana this week. if you lose to Rutgers on the road uh with the bad showing this week, yeah, you could start saying it's same old Indiana again, um hitting three and two to Ohio State, which means you're you're three and three going into homecoming and it really it takes all the air out of that balloon uh for this season. And you're looking at, you know, this program might be uh, dead in the water after that. If they don't get six wins, this program's dead in the water, momentum-wise, uh, on the field. But Rutgers is—they're uh, bad. There's no two ways around it. And Indiana's got to, you know, you got to come in with chest puffed and and ready to go, uh, and show that you're the better better team. Uh, Rutgers is, I think they're 123rd or 126th in scoring offense. As you said, they did put up their first points against Ohio State in over two seasons. Uh, that was a, a fun little prop that as I had with a friend who uh, is an OSU alum was whether or not Rutgers would score this year against mm-hmm. Ohio State, and then, and then you know you see, you see the scores against Kansas and and now blow they're a good team it's not shocking that they won it's shocking that they won 42 to 13 Uh, so this offense this is a game where put them out of their misery early uh i would like to see them use michael pecks i i think this whole notion that you have to redshirt him he's a freshman is an arcane notion if he's if he's Good enough to play against the FIU and Ball State. Heck, he's good enough to play against Rutgers and get him these Big Ten road snaps. And, and you know, hopefully you could put up enough points in the first half to where you could play him the entire second half, you know, keep the offense rolling and get him ready. Because I really do think if you make this a two quarterback system, that these two guys complement each other well, uh, you could stretch the field vertically with Knicks. You could stretch the field horizontally with Peyton Ramsey uh, and get different weapons uh, in, in different places. So I, I don't know. I'm very, very concerned about what they're going to do with Michael Penix. I think it's a big, big time mistake. Um, if they're going to redshirt him, I think that boat sailed uh, with how he's played in the first two games. Uh, he has two games to, to finagle with, uh, but the, you need to get this game. Now, can Peyton Ramsey win this game on his own? Probably uh, he, he's he, he could get the ball to his receivers. Uh, they should be able to stretch the field a little bit. Uh, I haven't looked at the weather report, but you know this is a game that IU should have both both facets of their offense running, which makes it easier for Ramsey uh, to throw the ball, but man if, if they just sit sit on the bench, you're just you're asking for trouble. And, and you're asking your ceiling lowers a little bit uh, in terms of, of how many wins you get, and you really push uh, to get six. Whereas you know, if you, if you have a quarterback who could throw uh, up the middle and, and throw it deep up the middle, you saw it against Michigan State when Watt failure took that touchdown. That defense backed off a little bit, and then you could start dinking and dunking uh, with Ramsey. Uh, so, you know, those big plays uh, are important. You saw it as soon as you hit a big one, it loosens up that defense. And, you know, your mind wanders to where where that game might have gone had they been able to hit Reese Taylor on that wheel route, which is probably a walk-in touchdown unless he trips over somebody's hand or, or the turf monster gets him, uh, gives them a 7 nothing lead. And really makes that defense respect that throw because that's the throw that Peyton Ramsey couldn't complete last year, uh, twice uh, late in the season uh, against Michigan State and and Maryland, and then it bit him again uh, last week against Michigan State. So defensively, uh, they it's a real shame that Marcelino Ball can't play in the first half uh, because he had a monster. He can't even he, he played for like a minute or two in the second half against Michigan state, but he had like eight tackles, a couple tackles lost a sack, a forced fumble. He had a monster game against Michigan state. Uh, he's back in rounding into form of where he was uh, two years ago as a freshman. And now he has to sit out because of a judgment call of an official who probably doesn't know, you know, probably misinterpreted the rules or threw it, but didn't throw it against, um, uh, against Michigan State, and i am about one step shy of saying that somebody was in his ear yelling at him to throw the flag because uh, that might have been targeting. And, uh, you yeah, know, it's just such a shame that now I use a little banged-up Husky, and, and that might be an issue. They should be okay talent-wise. The secondary's good. The defensive line should be okay. And and the linebackers, should be able to get pressure on, on these guys. So hopefully it, it doesn't impact the game that much, but if this is a game that was a little bit more evenly matched, that's a, that's a big time loss uh, for Indiana based on, on some crummy officiating uh, that, that impacts uh, uh, the game, maybe some guys futures uh, and, and things like that. So a uh, tough loss for Marcelino ball, but otherwise Indiana's defense should be okay. I, uh, and it's that they put up 14 points against Kansas Third points against mm-hmm. Buffalo. And this wasn't even like a Khalil Mack Buffalo team. So, you know, Indiana should be okay this week. Uh, what is your matchup, watch, TJ? Well,
1: I'm interested in seeing Indiana's wide receivers and passing game. Uh, because I think the, you know, the play calling and the scheme and the The arm limitations of whoever's back there, quarterback, uh, plays just as big a role as the actual receiving core, but um, in terms of matchup, the receivers of Indiana against the Rutgers secondary, uh, you know, Rutgers secondary is is pretty talented in terms of uh, their frontline guys, but, you know, they are giving up right now through four games, a passer rating of uh, 148.74, which is just ridiculously bad, um, you know, for for you to give up. Now, a lot of that is, is probably due to the fact that, um, you know, Rutgers is unable to stop the run, so they've got to help out some on the run there. Uh, they can't rely on their front seven to do it, and then they're not getting any pressure on the passer either. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of creating some low-stress situations for the quarterback. Uh, I'm interested in how Indiana is able to get other players besides Wapduer involved. I, I hope Luke Timion's able to go, um, you know. But if he's not 100, percent you don't put him out there. Uh, you need him for, uh, you know, for for games down the line. You can't afford to lose him long term if he comes back too early. Uh, so I'm interested to see, you know, does Jason Harris continue to get more involved? That uh, he certainly looked good uh, on Saturday night when they got in the ball. Um, Well, Billier, of course, and then Nick Westbrook, Donovan Hale, uh, Ty Freifogel. You know, I want to see those guys get more involved in the attack because they're, they're big targets. Uh, Hendershot, Doris, uh, Matt Bjorsen. I mean, barely were able to look at the tight end. They had to help stay in the block uh, on Saturday night. So, you know, I, I want to see a more integrated passing attack, a more varied passing attack. Uh, and, and hopefully we are able to see that because if, you know, if I use not going to be able to use uh, the receiver core to the, the full potential that they have, uh, I think you'll leaving points on the board long-term. Yeah. You know, it, over the course of the it, season, not necessarily it's records because, Honestly, Stevie Scott should be able to run the ball for you know 100, 150 yards. Ronnie Walker get some more uh, get some more carries. Um, those guys should be able to have a nice game. I'm not worried about that. Uh, but what you're looking for is for Indiana to establish themselves, uh, take control of this game, and then you're looking to build for the rest of the season. That's that's what you're looking at. That's not to say IU can you know worry about that right off the start. You got to make sure you win this game first and foremost. Uh, but if IU takes care of business, those are the things we're going to be looking for. You know, what other receivers can step up and be a big part of this attack as they head into more, uh, you know, more games that are much more like Michigan State as opposed to, uh, you know, a game against a ball state.
2: Yeah, and, and... They have to start using Nick Westbrook and Donovan Hale. They're two of the better receivers in the comments. Uh, they they have not been used uh, recently no. uh, to their full potential. And, you know, it, it's got to be frustrating for them. Uh, two guys who, who have had big games in the past. Donovan Hales looked good early in the season. Uh, just not getting the ball-catching opportunities or targets uh, that they need to um, to 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 get stuff done. So you know that, that's a good matchup to watch. I'll, I'll try and go something different. Uh, I, I'm going to go a little off the beaten path. Indiana against themselves. Uh, this is a game where you got to yeah. get things right. Uh, this is a you, you can't make mental mistakes on defense. You can't let you know let jet sweeps go for for 70 yards you can't throw pick sixes you can't give up you know fake field goals for touchdowns and things like that so you know with all due respect to rutgers the more important thing Indiana. if indiana plays their their a game they should have no problem and that's what they need to focus focus on their a game get guys in the right positions no stupid penalties, uh, no silly, you know, calls on special teams, things like that, uh, shank kicks, blocking errors in, in field goal protection, things like that. Play a clean game. So it's Indiana versus themselves. It's my matchup to watch uh, heading into uh, heading into records. Prediction time, TJ, what is your prediction for Saturday?
1: I think IU wins this comfortably. I don't think it will be a complete laugher. Um, I'm going to go with Indiana. uh, What I read down here, 41. uh, So two field goals. Which you know, kudos to to Logan Justice as well. He hit uh, two 35-yard field goals uh, Saturday night and um, had no problems with them at all. They look good. Uh, So you know, props to him, and hopefully that continues and then Indiana can get some confidence in that kicking game. I think he hits two more field goals. IU gets on the board for five touchdowns, uh, gets 41. Rutgers gets 17. So 41-17, to 17, uh, the Hoosiers win and cover, but I don't think it will be a complete blowout.
2: Right. I, I said 210. Uh, Tom Allen's not the kind of guy who's going to run up the score on teams. Uh That's just his nature and take it for what it is. I just hope that they play well and don't take their foot off. I guess I'm not saying you're going to throw 70 yard bombs if you're up by 30, 30 points, but get out of your, your game plan uh, until the final gun show that you can put, you know, you want to finish games, put four quarters together uh, against Rutgers. I think Rutgers does get on the board at some point. Uh, 42, 10 is mine. My comfortable win for IU, wash out that sour taste from Michigan State a little bit, end September on a high note with four wins. Uh, You head into a brutal October where you're playing Ohio State, Iowa, uh, Penn State, and then have to go on a short week to Minnesota uh, where you hope maybe you could squeeze out two wins, uh, you know, in that group where you could also be looking at one win or no wins. Uh, if things break the wrong way, but getting, getting this fourth win, heading into homecoming with a, a guaranteed winning record uh, against an Iowa team who I think is pretty beatable and you're, you're in good shape. So take care of business. Don't take your foot off the gas. Forty two ten, Indiana. All right. TJ, thanks for joining us uh, for the podcast. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll, we'll talk to people on uh, next Monday. All right, that does it for the Hoosier Huddle podcast Uh, this week. Keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com for all your Indiana football uh, news. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Don't forget, bingo cards are available every Friday on Twitter. Don't forget to send your winning bingo cards in. Send your information, DM them to at Hoosier underscore Huddle on Twitter. Email them to the Hoosier Huddle at gmail.com so we could get your name entered in for a raffle for the vintage brands uh, canvas at the end of the season. Thank you guys for joining us. Indiana and Rutgers kicks off at noon on Big Ten Network. Check your local listings. Make sure uh, to check the overflow channels as well. And we'll be back next week to preview, wrap up Indiana Rutgers and preview Indiana at Ohio State.